Wholesaling Hero, hosted by real estate veteran Tom Didion. Each week, we break down today's ultra-hot home seller's market and give you the tips, tricks, and guidance to navigate the selling process and get the most out of selling your home. Proudly presented by the Tom Didion team. Let's jump in. Greetings and moyen, everyone. Thanks for coming back to the Home Selling Hero podcast. I am your host, Tom Didier, and today's guest is Nick Suddendorf, uh, co-owner of Fine Line Carpentry. Uh, he is a builder. I have known him personally and professionally for quite some time. I've also been privileged to have been um, the listing agent and or selling agent on Numerous fine line homes around town, which um, I would say are high end, highly customized, quality built homes. So, with that, I will turn it over to you, Nick, and just take a couple minutes to introduce yourself to our listeners about who the heck you are and what the hell you do. Thanks, Tom. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Nick Suddendorf, co owner of Fine Line Carpentry. Um, primarily do custom homes in and around Port Washington, some remodeling, and uh, been in business for about 20 years. 20 years, and that's pretty much all you've ever done professionally, correct, is, is swinging hammers and, and building homes. Yep, uh, short stint milking cows in high school. That's right. You were a farmer. You were a far- that's, that's your retirement plan <laughs> is to earn enough money building homes to go back to farming? Yeah, that's the goal. All right. All right, well, let's get into it. We want to give our listeners uh, some tips and tricks, kind of give them a snapshot of what it's like to be building a new home. Here we are in the first quarter of 2023. Everyone knows right now the inventory issue. Um, there's no there's no single family inventory. It's my opinion that there's also not a ton of inventory of new construction. But why don't you give me your um, viewpoint of what's going on in uh, building in 2023? Well, for the summer, we have a couple of custom homes and we're also starting a spec house. I, uh, I feel like new home construction is still somewhat strong, but mm-hmm. compared to years past, you know, the last couple of years, we've been 90% new construction and looking at this coming year, we're probably 50% new construction and we actually have, uh, you know, some additions and remodels. So I think that probably has to do with uncertainty and interest rates. Yeah. I wish I could say there's tons of confidence moving forward, but I definitely sense that the general public has a little bit of uncertainty that I think was probably caused mostly by the the sudden increase in interest rates that doubled in a matter of about 90 days last year. Um, talk to me about prices um, prices and building right now. And I know you'd never want to commit to anything specific, but I tell my clients that, hey, if you're looking to build a house, be prepared to spend about $250 per square foot just for the house. Am I in the ballpark for what you guys consider, you know, a a fine line home? Nowadays, it's pretty hard to build a quality home, um, you know, for under 200. That's, those days are kind of gone. And a lot of that extra cost and square footage um, has to do with the interior finishes. So, you know, you take the, the foundation and the framing lumber and you know, right there, you're at a certain level, and then, you know, sky's the limit as far as finishes go. Yep. But for well, us, two fifty is about there. All right, well, timing. Uh, what can a person expect? And again, the, all these questions are going to be vague because every single home build is different. But timing from the time you start digging a hole, when can a average size? And I don't know what average is these days. Twenty five hundred square foot, three thousand square foot house, but you know, three bedroom ranch. 
four bedroom, two story, what's the average time build for a new construction? Again, it depends a lot on those finishes, but six months to a year. And a lot of that comes down to work that happens before you even break ground. I, right. I feel like if you've done a good job planning and scheduling and ordering materials in advance, then you know, six months is attainable. But um, you know, lead times on materials and different things have, have gotten better mm-hmm. um, from what they were a year ago. Uh, we're not seeing you know, these insane lead times on windows and stuff like that. But there are still things that surprise you. So as long as you brought that up, we might as well go into the, the background of supply chain and timing because COVID changed everything in your industry in terms of products. And tell the customers just kind of how much it impacted, whether it's price or timing or both. But how did COVID impact your industry? It, it made a huge impact. And I... I think the reason why is because construction was deemed essential. So when everybody else was kind of at home, we were still working. And um, those were the first part of that was actually a very strong year. Um, Everybody was building and there was still inventory available. But with all those shutdowns, the mills that produce, you know, the engineered lumber that goes into every home, they stopped making it. It didn't take real long before we went through all of that inventory and then the mills were still shut down. So prices shot up and uh, lead times went way up. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. So I didn't, I, I think I knew that builders were considered essential. So does that mean that the, the factories that are making the product, those guys were not considered essential? Because it sounds to me like you just said, basically there's plenty of people to build the homes, but you just ripped through all of the lumber in product and the factories had shut down the ones that were making windows and siding and also you had nothing left to build with. Essentially that's my understanding of huh. what happened. A lot of those mills and window manufacturers, they've they're back online and they have, you know, enough workers and workforce to make the products now. But it has been a slow sort of transition back to normalcy. And at, the, at its at its peak, I think I remember you telling me and I'm probably going to exaggerate because I exaggerate a lot, but you would order windows and you would wait. I'll let you fill in the blank. How many months would you wait from the time you ordered windows at its peak? I think we were waiting six months for for certain products. That just shows how important it is to have a good builder that knows when to order those windows because at one point in time, you were waiting a half a year for the product even to show up. Yeah, so right now we are order we are placing window orders for projects that are going to be later this summer, okay. and I don't necessarily anticipate them taking that long. But just with the experiences we've had in the last couple of years, I'd rather have them here and ready for us right. than you know be yeah. surprised. Well, that's some good news. So uh, you're definitely seeing a return to normalcy in terms of supply chain. Probably some lingering effects still, nothing showing up overnight, but uh, you guys are getting back to normal. That's good. Talk to me about um, floor plans. Um, That open concept that, you know, when did that become popular? 10 years ago, sort of the joined living Uh room, kitchen. Yep. That that is still, that's still a big feature that people look for. Um, We have a lot of customers asking for all of the bedrooms on one floor seems like for a while master suites or master bedrooms were were being put opposite the you know the kids rooms and um, we don't 
we get a lot of requests for we want these all on the same floor we don't want to be that separated from the kids um home offices are a big thing some houses they want two spaces because um you know both people are working at home we are seeing a trend of sustainability in terms of trying to live out your life in the home because we're seeing how expensive it is crazy crazy expensive for assisted care for the elderly and a lot of people are trying to figure out how to stay in their own home for the rest of their life so i think you're seeing a little bit that you just hinted on that that they want all the bedrooms on one floor um try and make you know everything on one floor if possible you would agree with that uh yeah we've also more so than years in the past zero clearance entries are being requested um which whether you're in a wheelchair or not, I think it is a, uh, I think it's a smart way to design a home. Yep. It's easy um, for strollers or right. you know, whatever. Yep. So. All right, let's talk a little bit about products, like what products um, are very popular and for what reason. And I'm referring to, you can tell me about either shingles or windows or siding or anything, <laughs> anything you want. What's, what's popular? Because I know the products change quite a bit. It seems like metal roofs have kind of taken off in the last few years. Okay. Not the last few years, but we're seeing more of them. They they are more expensive than your dimensional shingle, but they are truly a lifetime roof. Um, they also look nice. We, you know, we like to incorporate them as an accent or you know, an accent to a dimensional roof on a lot of our houses. Mm-hmm. Um, LP siding, um, smart side, is really popular in our area, um, as opposed to hardy plank or fiber cement siding that was mm-hmm. a big deal, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that the smart siding really is super smart because, I mean, honestly, it's only been out for X number of years and it's performing well so far, but... I'm pretty sure they said the same thing about that crap in the 1970s when that came out. Remember what I'm talking? It was like a masonite. I think that was yeah. a Georgia Pacific um, product maybe, and all it did was absorb water over 20 years, and then after 20 years, that stuff was literally falling off the side of homes, and that was a fairly popular new product back then. Yeah, we've been impressed with the LP smart side so far. I guess time will tell. It's hard to it's hard to know how it's going to be performing in 20 years. Yeah. All right, cool. But, you know, technology, everything's, you know, a little bit better. So, All right, leading question, technology. Um, talk to me about technology in your industry, like specific to your field when you guys are showing up on the job site. Um, how is technology? Well, you're the general mostly, I think. And so the listeners understand you do everything. You're the general, you're the office guy, but you're also on site swinging hammers and building shit. Um, how has technology helped Fine Line? I think the biggest change in the industry as far as tools go and what you see on the job site are battery powered, battery powered tools. And, you know, when we started out, there were extension cords and compressor hoses um, all over the job site. And we had, you know, hundreds of feet of cord in the trailer. And now we really don't. Mm -hmm. Um, Battery technology has become such that we, in our shop, we have a big, a big bank where we charge all of the batteries every night mm. and they last, you know, a couple of days. So. And those tools work just as efficiently as, um, a tool powered by compressed air. Um, the nail guns, compressed air, um, 
you know, the traditional nail guns still have a big edge over the battery powered ones, but the circular saws and all of your other power tools, um, I think any diminished performance is made up for just with the convenience and lightness of the tools. Yeah, that's uh, interesting to talk about. And then when you show up on a job site or when I visit you guys, yeah, I definitely notice less less extension cords and less air compressors. It seems to be a cleaner job site. And if I understand correctly, that means you guys, the setup and takedown time is less, which means you can spend more time building as opposed to setting up and tearing down. Yeah, it's just made operations at the site a lot more efficient. Have a house to sell, but not sure who to trust when it comes to getting the best deal and leveraging the current market? Trust the experts at the Tom Didier team. With over a quarter century of selling Milwaukee, Tom and his team of real estate experts are here to ensure that you get every penny you deserve out of selling your home. No matter where you live in the dairy state, Put one of Wisconsin's top real estate teams to work for you in selling your home and making the most of your real estate investment. Looking to buy a house instead? Tom and his team have you covered here as well, helping you craft and perfect the offer on your dream home. Visit SellingMilwaukee.com to find out how much your home could be worth and connect with the team to make your next real estate transaction a dream. Now, back to the show. Going back to floor plans a little bit here, but how you guys, do you guys build the same thing every time? Do you guys customize floor plans? Do you start from scratch? Do you have them pick, you know, a floor plan out of a magazine at the, at the grocery store? Or how do, you, how do you work with the clients for that? It's uh, a combination of all those things. Okay. Um, as you know, we try to do one or two spec houses every year. And typically those houses are sold before we start construction or early in construction. And at that point, we've already, you know, we have a developed floor plan in the house that we're building. Um, if a customer comes in at that time and wants to make changes, they'd work with our architect and could modify um, that existing plan. And, uh, you know, as far as custom homes go, um, we will, you know, we're happy to design anything. It's always helpful when um, a customer has a floor plan in mind or even just pictures out of a magazine mm -hmm. you know i i like this um can we do a kitchen like this or a sunroom off the back like this so does the customer pay for that outside of the new home build or is that like a package deal so when you start working with a client and you're drawing pictures and you're you know starting to assemble is that a separate thing um or is that part of the package for building a new house it can be. Um, we will, I always find it helpful to do sort of some cost planning during that design phase. And, you know, I think that's helpful for the customer too. So yeah. if they approach us, say we want a new home, um, I will offer my services while they're working with the architects to kind of keep their budget in mind and not design a house that when they send it out to bid is 300 or 200, whatever it is right. more than they were anticipating. Yeah. Um, and in some cases, people will approach us and just want a house plan, and we'll charge them for that, and they, you know, can sure. take it where they want. Um, so you used the word or term cost planning, which leads me to my next question. And I think this is a question you probably get as a builder um, just as much as I do as a realtor, which is should – is it a good idea to buy the lot and land first and then look into building, or is it a good idea to, you know, look at builders first and then go out 
I think a lot of people, especially rural lots, I think a lot of people forget about the site cost that goes into it. You know, generally you're between forty and sixty thousand dollars for you know the well um, Mm -hmm. mound driveway improvements just to just to get that building pad ready to go. For the most part, it's easy for a, a rural build customer to know about the cost of a well and a mound and maybe a driveway, but I don't think they consider the distance. So they want to build their house way over here on the hilltop. That's fine. But to get the utilities back there, that's a lot. I have a lot of people that say we have no idea it's going to cost $35,000 just to get electric to where we want to build. They had no idea. So that's something that's often overlooked, I would say. All right, I'm going to jump into some Facebook questions because I had posted um, a question a few days ago on my <laughs> Facebook page saying that we're doing this. And I thought we got some really good questions. I'll probably breeze over the ones because there was numerous ones that talk about supply chain. And we kind of hit on that. And the answer is the supply chain is definitely returning to normal. It's not perfect yet, but it's nothing like it was at the height of COVID when you were waiting six months to get windows or doors. So that's, that's all good news. Um, and this is kind of a funny one. Jennifer asks, how to stay married during a build. <laughs> and it's, I, think it's, I think it's meant to be funny, but there's some, there's some seriousness to it because building a home is a very, or it can be a financially stressful, you know, decision-making process. My question for you is how many decisions need to be made? I'm asking you right this, but how many decisions need to be made when you're building a new home, if you had to guess? I think that customers can can make it really easy on themselves if they want to. Um, there's a lot of products that we have used over and over and we like them. Um, so it could be as easy as do you want satin nickel doorknobs or do you want oil rub bronze doorknobs? Mm-hmm. But you know, you can take it another level, what style do you want? And then you can take it another level, what's, you know, what manufacturer do you want? Do you, depending on the person and how you know, involved they want to be, um, there can be a lot of decisions and a lot of details. It could be, it could be not hundreds. It could be thousands. It could be actual thousands of decisions. Some of them might be very small, but yeah, there's a lot to it. There's a lot that goes into it. I I will say also on the flip side, I, I have had clients that have built numerous new construction homes and they love it. It's super fun for them to, you know, create something and have a vision for what they want to do. And, you know, you live in your new home and you figure out, a few things that you want to change and so you go ahead and do it. So it's not for everybody. I would say, you know, be cautious. <laughs> if you're going into a new home build and you have deadlines that absolutely need to be met, you're probably going to be disappointed in my opinion. And that's again, just a realtor's opinion, but I've seen that um, people be very disappointed in the timing and it's like, well, you know, I, I really think it's important to have some patience in that process. Well, and I know that you and I have worked through this in the past where somebody's building a new home and they've sold the home they're in right. or they have a, a closing yep. date. Yep. And, and, you know, a lot of times in new construction, weather comes into play. There's, you know, unforeseen delays that even if we're doing everything right and a great job, um, you know, there can be hiccups. And at the end, I think that becomes very stressful for, yep. Agreed. for people. You talked about weather, which is unpredictable, but is it predictable that every year, in the housing, the new housing build industry, that it shuts down over deer hunting season. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's a pretty it's, safe bet. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's everyone's going deer hunting. That's a funny. It's funny because it's true. All right, Matt says, do you coordinate with landscapers during a new build? He talks about how a new build can look horrible if you followed up with crappy landscaping, which I would agree. What do you get? Do you guys provide landscaping, or is that pretty much um, done after the build? 
That's a tough one. And I completely agree. I feel like nice landscaping adds a ton of value to a home. Um, as a builder, it is tough for us. Um, when we have included landscaping, we have gotten more callbacks on the landscaping than mm -hmm. we ever do for the construction of the home. Interesting. And it's simply because new landscaping requires a lot more care and maintenance right away than anybody anticipates. Yeah. Um, the other piece of that is that a lot of times it's not really smart or possible to landscape around a new build. Depending on when the hole was dug and soil conditions, there can be settling around the foundation for a few months. Yeah. Um, so if you, you know, if you come in right away and landscape everything, that can kind of be problematic. Patience is required with landscaping just as much as building the house. Yeah. All right. Ted says, what innovations in design are now being included to support long-term, long-time living in a home, uh, accessibility, technology, et cetera? I think we already talked about the zero clearance entries. Um, that's being requested quite a bit more and 36 inch doors, um, bedrooms all on one floor. We've actually had requests for residential elevators in a few of our new homes. So we've actually seen, you know, years ago we would wire houses with Cat6 and um, RG6 all over the place. And now, you know, wireless has become yeah. just the thing. I, Plug your TV in, you don't even hook it up. Right. It's, it was know. only like 10 years ago that the the wiring harnesses for new homes you know like you said the cat five and coax cable and everything it was it was huge and now there's literally no wires in the hall just electric wires and everything's wireless yeah. that's cool that's good all right matt says this is a good question matt says what is the most common mistake among those building their very first home well i think you touched on it before i think that a lot of people who are building for their first time underestimate the decisions or get stressed out about all the decisions um, when it really doesn't have to be that difficult. Right. So I think that's a mistake. Um, I also feel that a lot of times people get so dialed into what their, you know, what the cabinet pull or cabinet handle is going to look like or the door profile. Um, and at the end of the day, when it's part of a complete house, those small details, they look great, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's this style or that style. But when you're looking at just door profiles, it can be a little overwhelming. There's a good follow-up question from Jason that's kind of similar, and he says, if you're building your first home now with the knowledge that you have, what should they spend the money on and what should they cheap on? I'm guessing your answer is going to be don't cheap on anything, but I think the point of the question is, you know, what should you spend your money on? Where do you get the money back? Um. I always encourage people to spend money on quality, solid construction and tone down the finishes. If if that's if they need to save, I would say tone down stuff that can easily be replaced later. Okay. Um, so maybe LVP rather than hardwood floors. Okay. All right. Um, Josh says, should you get a home inspection when you're buying a brand new house? Probably a good question for both of us. But what's your what's your take on? Should you get a home inspection? I, I'm always completely happy when people want to get a home inspection. I also 
<laughs> part of me sort of feels like it's a waste of money. Yeah. Um, I think in older homes, home inspections are important and they yeah. go through and find, you know, things here and there that, um, should be addressed in a new home. You know, it's already been inspected by the building inspector and hopefully you've had numerous walkthroughs with your builder um, and you shouldn't have problems like a leaky faucet in the basement, so. Yep. Are you familiar with these building, com and I'm gonna totally give my own opinion here on um, these you build it companies. I don't know if that's the proper term, but there's basically building companies that allow you, the homeowner, to be the general contractor and the idea is that you save the general contracting fee. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I'm familiar. I have been, I have had the privilege of being a realtor trying to sell those homes, whether it be a listing agent or selling agent. And I can tell you every single time that I have had the privilege of being either the listing agent or the selling agent, it is very, very difficult. It's a very difficult home to sell those things because we had one um, in Ozaki County that, turned out it was unsaleable. Like, I mean, it couldn't pass a home inspection. Literally nothing, nothing was built properly. Every single bid was awarded to the cheapest bid received. None of those contractors had ever worked with each other and it was a total nightmare. So just my quick two cents on, you know, using those companies. It's been a nightmare in terms of trying to get those things sold. I guess it's not firsthand experience like you, but, um, my only real experience with that was a family member um, in a different part of the state was building, and they they signed up for one of those. And all I, the only feedback I got was it was awful, and yeah. they would never do it. All right. So, what do you guys got coming up? It's um, again, it's March twenty twenty three. What does Fine Line have on the horizon for this year in terms of new builds and projects? Um, we're actually starting kind of a fun project for the Ozaki County Sheriff's Department in a few weeks. Oh, cool. We're putting up a new building at their gun range. Nice. And uh, it's to hold, you know, their shooting equipment and do training for SWAT and um, different departments in the area. So it's been fun learning about that and kind of working with them. Yeah. Um, and then, as I said, we're, we're breaking ground on a spec house here in a few weeks um, here in Port Washington on Grant Street. So we're excited about that. And then later in the summer, um, some cool additions and a couple new homes. Awesome. Awesome. Should be a good year. For our listeners, if they want to contact you at Fine Line Homes and talk about building a new home, how would they go about finding you? Find us on the web at www.finelinecarpentrywi.com. Um, Search us on Facebook, and for your listeners, you can call me direct on my mobile, which is 262-853-8048. And I don't know if you know this about yourself, but you are Googleable because I just Googled Fine Line Homes, and <laughs> that will work. So just type in Fine Line Homes, Port Washington, Wisconsin, you will find your way to Nick. Well, with that said, we'll go ahead and sign off. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate your time. I think it was great. I hope uh, everybody learned a little something, and with that... We will just say, always use a local lender in your real estate transaction. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to Home Selling Hero. 
for more, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and connect with Tom across LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have a question about selling your home or buying your next one, reach out to Tom at tom at tomdidier.com or call or text him directly at 414-881-3290. Home Selling Hero is a production of Tom Didier Real Estate in partnership with Westport Studios. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and any information presented during the course of discussion is presented as reliable under the laws of the state of Wisconsin. Be sure to consult a local agent in order for any nuances where you may live.